0: She was a deep, dark hole of mostly narcissism (laughs) and rage.
1: (laughs) And it was all short, Merciful. I'm going to have so much to talk about in therapy this week.
0: (laughs) This is a podcast of two friends who watch way too much TV. We learn from shows, and at the same time, we make fun of them. We are not experts, but we pretend to be. After all. We do watch a lot of TV. Today's show contains discussions about real people in tragic situations. We do not mean any disrespect to them or to belittle what they've been through. Now then, there are some spoiler warnings. If you have any interest and have not already managed to watch Forensic Files episode 142 and, or additionally, Autopsy on HBO episode one then please stop now because we're going to be talking about those shows and you're going to learn all the details that are mentioned in those shows with none of the production value. Let's get into it. There's a content warning. If you do watch those shows, though, if you have any interest in watching them, they have graphic crime scene photos. There's depictions of blood, gore, bodies in various uh, sorts of decay and evidence of violent crimes. In the Forensic Files episode in particular, there's a very serious, like, there are very serious crime scene uh photos that they show very often in the show so if you're planning to watch it or watching it with students content warning be warned
1: it's it's pretty graphic hello and welcome to i watch a lot of the show where we impart our vast knowledge onto you because after all we watch a lot of tv (laughs) hi (laughs) that's chelsea hackman that's lisa Statz. and we're here to talk about what we watch a lot of so my love, what are you watching a lot of?
0: Okay, so now as of this moment, boop, 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 boop. Um, I had a whole week of watching a lot of, I mean, besides my usual binge of British Bake. I had just rewatched all of Murder Maps. Ooh, I really enjoyed that show. I really did. Right? And then I went through, because I saw a story on there that was about a family annihilator. So I went and found a bunch of other family annihilator stories. So I've been really focusing on shows and movies about and documentaries about family annihilator stories, because I find this like I'm trying to find out more about the psychology of a family annihilator. I think it's a really Uh, weird phenomenon that is.
1: I actually just watched a documentary about that called Broken Hearts. It's on Discovery. Uh, You should check that out. A woman drove her family of eight off the cliff in the 2018 and mom did now, it? Mom did it.
0: That's wild.
1: So mom like did it. by and so, large,
0: wild in a way, most <clears throat> of the time, white men, mid thirties, premeditated.
1: Mom, married, um, her wife is in the passenger seat and the six kids were in the back. So married and also queer. Yeah. What? And the uh, the adopted children were all children of color.
0: Oh fuck. Okay. I'll go check that out. That's gonna have a whole wrench in my current list. Like, cause I I went and rewatched the forensic files episode on John list mm-hmm. um in my forensic files binge recently. And then I yeah. also rewatched uh an American murder story. I like um, which I like was sex. the Chris Watts, Shonane Watts story.
1: Which is just heartbreaking.
0: The murder of Shanann Watts and her two children or er, three children is such a horrible story. And the family annihilators, like I also was listening to a bunch of stuff about John List, like this notion that they know they're going to do it. They, they plan it out to some degree, but in the moment act like a disorganized person. There seems to be a steady claim that they don't know what, what was going on. Like they don't know what came over them. There was this rage that was pent up. There's all these sort of words that they talk about where essentially they wanted a different life and they attached the only thing keeping them from this other perfect ideal life was their current life. So the goal is to destroy that life to then create this new life with no rational recognition for the fact that people will notice that your wife and children are dead. People will notice that they just went away and the same day you listed their house on the market People are like that. All that shit just doesn't seem to clue in. And they're just like, oh, okay, that life's gone on to building new life. So I just, I find family annihilators fascinating. So that's what I've been watching a lot of. What have you been watching a lot of, my love?
1: Oh, I've been watching a lot of Halston on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Because I love me some fashion. And Halston was one of the most incredible creative minds. And it stars Ewan McGregor as Halston.
0: Yes, that's what I've seen. I kind of want to pair Halston and watch it alongside the Darren Chris Versace story. Ooh. um... Because one is about the fashion designer and one is about the person who murdered the fashion designer. And like not the same one, but obviously there's different aspects of perspectives in the same world. Someone who's actually creative in the ways that their life gets kind of... Uh, tumultuous and then yeah. someone who is not creative who's just narcissistic trying to latch on to creative people in that world
1: I that whole dynamic anyway go ahead
0: tell me all about it
1: so it is it's the, the rise and fall of Holston. he took a licensing deal and sold his name and was never able to get it back And I think that's one of the things that's for for me which was like the saddest thing like it's your name it's who you are
0: oh god it's like in that. oh uh, what was
1: it <laughs> and it. it was such a good name too halston like that just oozes sex appeal in my opinion
0: which i always get it mixed up either this i think it was in was it the crucible or this it was the crucible not the Scarlet letter the crucible or he's john goodman or whatever the guy's name and is like but it is my name mm-hmm. For, i think it's daniel day lewis who played him in the movie but yeah it was like a sign your name to this i will not it is my name
1: but halston gave his name up Gave his name up, but also made some beautiful clothing and and Honestly. invented micro suede, which, I mean, of the time was a very, like, revolutionary fabric.
0: Even if it wasn't, the idea that someone just invents a fabric is pretty wild.
1: Yeah, just like, mm, it wasn't what I wanted, so I just made it. No. I just figured it out and did it different. Oh, Yeah, that's I, amazing. I love that. I mean, the one of the things that was really difficult to watch is the allowances that people make for like creative, successful people. Because oh. like his world was falling apart and nobody kind of stepped in and was like, you need to pull the reins in, like you need to pull back. Like your company is running out of money. This is not like yeah. stop. I felt like that the whole
0: time I was watching the movie Gia about Gia Marie Caranji. Oh
1: definitely i and felt like, like, like everyone around her
0: yes everyone around her saw her disintegrating in front of them from addiction and no one did anything to intervene with her and i'm like how 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 did yeah. none of you like you all just stood there and watched and as like a, as Alston- an industry you continue to watch people disintegrate
1: around them and holston had like a raging coke habit like yeah I mean, who did? then again it was like the 70s 80s and everybody sort of did of affluence at the time
0: right everybody I mean, did coke it's just like a bucket of coke in the studio 54 bathroom
1: yeah um you and they talked in. a lot of a lot about studio 54 um mm-hmm. which is a crazy time in new york that will never ever happen again yeah like that was a distinct m- wrinkle in time that was just encapsulated by that disco era that'll never happen again no there will never be another club like studio 54
0: no and it made so much uh it was such like an intersection of music and art and fashion and all these creative people coming together and also like the birth excess yeah yeah and the birthplace of a lot of different kinds of revolutionary musics and fashions and arts and ideas all sort of smashing together in this co-case. It was really interesting that that was allowed to exist for as long as it did.
1: Uh, One of the things that really stuck out for me is uh, like his, one of his really good friends is Liza Minnelli or was Liza Minnelli. No, is Liza. Okay. Well, uh, grammar wise, Liza Minnelli and... Mm -hmm they talk a little bit about the movie Cabaret mm-hmm. and uh, Halston's involvement in the movie Cabaret where he went in and pretty much redesigned the costumes even though he didn't get credit for it Oh wow! Um, because like I'm a huge Bob Fosse fan and Same. Same. the way that he was able to get bodies to move in ways they hadn't before was absolutely mind blowing like truly beautiful like his work and i love cabaret i love everything about it i like the movie is one of one of my favorites and i can pretty much watch it at any time even though the subject matter is so terribly bleak absolutely the music is beautiful and liza does such an incredible job in that and the costuming is like one of my favorite pieces and i know that halston had a hand in that i was just like forever just blown away because i thought that was so incredible i have been a
0: long time fan of liza minnelli um in pretty much everything she's ever done uh i fell in love with her during while watching cabaret and then i watched the james lipton classic inside the actor's studio
1: which oh, i used to watch a lot he of used to be a pimp that he was a pimp <laughs> like, no <joke>. james lipton <laughs> holy yep. shit no where did you hear that that's incredible oh okay yep. Lipton explains that he became involved in the business out of necessity not entering when he ran out of money and a friend who happened to be a sex worker welcomed him into the industry in addition representing her lipton member remembers that he represented a whole bordello he adds that, quote I did a roaring
0: business and was able to live for a year. I was going through my rites of passage, no question about it. It was a great year of my life. Uh, quoted in a, I guess, a vanity, vanity Fair interview. Dang. All right. So, okay, kudos so friend Brenda, not- the research monkey. Jesus. That's, that's And I was right. He you was were correct. A pimp. You were right. He was a pimp. And I didn't know that he was also in the sex work industry that's incredible go him And i you know what it sounds like he and his friend like they got the hustle and did what they needed to do and i'm yeah i mean you gotta you got the james lipton hustle there's nothing wrong with sex work sex work is no, work, everybody work is work yep you do what you gotta do that's awesome okay so james lipton we love him uh Watched a lot of Inside the Actors Studio. Love Liza Minnelli. Saw her episode. Loved all of it. They wanted to talk about her mom a little, but not the whole time, which was very cool because she got to talk about herself and her life and her work outside of her relationship with her mom, which was fairly, frankly, overbearing, terrifying, and uh, also great. So there's a lot of stuff there. Um, I think that's cool. Brad. Okay, cool. Autopsy.
1: autopsy on hbo this was the show that baby lisa found in like the early 90s that made her true crime obsessed
0: oh the early
1: 90s oh the early 90s yeah this was super graphic for like a baby which i was in the early 90s Oh, am not really i wasn't quite a baby but the show follows dr Michael Baden, who was the formal chief medical examiner for the New York City and a he's also a forensic pathologist and an author and problematic.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of things about his career that I found problematic but continue.
1: So the show pretty much follows him around uh, talking about different cases um, from, forensic pathologists all around the country and one of the ones that we they talked about is michelle wallace which i think that you watched as well
0: yeah michelle wallace's case was um mentioned on forensic files that's episode 142 that we'll talk about um because the formats of the shows are a little
1: different right yes like
0: forensic files pretty much talks about one case but but autopsy
1: talks about several so you get like a snippet you get like 15 minutes of one case and then it maybe moves on to the next um which for me was not quite enough because i i think that i want more of the production value but you also got like firsthand medical professional commentary which in the 90s was like unheard of like nobody was doing shows shows like this but in research of this episode i went to dr and he has the most (laughs) most like interesting disclaimer like of all time i kind
0: of want to rewrite it for us this is incredible
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) like i think we sort of do need to read it or rewrite it for us like i kind of want to share it with like our our listeners but at the same time i'm like can we can we share his (laughs) this this would be
0: like a 15 minute segment of our episode if we needed to read his disclaimer (laughs) this is a lot of big words that i don't like (laughs)
1: but it pretty much goes down to use at your own risk which i I think is particularly on a website that's dedicated to somebody else like use at your own risk like can we uh... talk about the hyphenated term medico-legal medico-legal of course
0: let's go that is the most terrifying collection of words that are hyphenated as a single term and concept I think I've ever encountered I, medico-legal should not exist in
1: any justice Oh, subject. no, it should not. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm
0: not a doctor or a lawyer, though, so what do I know?
1: Yeah, no, we, we clearly are doctors. We've watched a lot of Grey's Anatomy. And I've watched
0: a lot of Law and Order, don't play.
1: We are doctors and lawyers. Both, at the same time, because yeah, we're time. medico-legal. Yeah, so let's talk about a couple of his more famous cases, though, or at least- some stuff that's been in the recent news. I mean, he was the expert witness for the O.J. Simpson trial for his defense. Yeah, I remember that.
0: He's also retracted everything he said. Or yeah. I guess his his two major points that he made
1: on the defense's team. He's retracted both points. Um, well, and like, I don't even like. Could you imagine if he hadn't like? <laughs> we all like everybody watched that and was like, mm, I don't know, O.J. I feel like you did the thing yep i mean we were all sitting there going yeah he did the thing he did the
0: thing why aren't they why is he <laughs> what's happening with this like i kudos to his defense team but uh i believe dr Bodden. yeah the dream team i believe dr Baden had a pretty uh pretty distinct role in that he had created a potential alibi and made areas of doubt which he has later said were absurd to think
1: Yeah, I think it's a lot of those statements are really problematic. I mean, and he's also investigated John uh, Belushi's death, and he sat in on the F.C. autopsy. He was there for that, um, and concluded that there was no, um, there was nothing found to be anything other than what the original coroner had stated
0: yeah there was a lot um he gets hired as a consultant a lot and as a uh yeah
1: he was also hired for a consultant for george floyd's family and he did the second autopsy on george floyd and it was um he concluded that it was asphyxia that he died from so
0: yeah, there was a lot of those where, like, the, That's the original a big deal. autopsy. Yeah, he wants to go back and and, and review an autopsy and, and redo it and then ends up with a, a different perspective than perhaps the original or the prosecutor's uh, medical examiner had. Which is, I think, in my personal opinion, pretty ballsy, but what an I, I agree.
1: I incredibly agree because it's like he's at least established his name for himself as, like, a celebrity... <laughs> uh, Pathologist, which is a crazy thing to like that we have celebrity pathologists, but we do. A pathologist and he's one. Pathologists of the stars. <laughs> but he kind of is. Um,
0: yeah, you should have a show like, I mean, I was going to say you should have he a show have a like show. Lifetime, uh, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, but he does have a show. It's just a little less
1: Lifestyles fun. of the Rich and Famous.
0: That's I guess so... it's sort of similar. I don't know. I didn't watch all of the episodes again.
1: So, I mean, you didn't need to really watch all of the episodes again. They're pretty much the same, but. You do get really dramatic um, crime scene photos, and those are not for everybody.
0: No, and this episode uh, references something he says fairly often,
1: which is that the dead speak.
0: And, and um, I think
1: they do, I, I yeah. and it's us to determine what they say.
0: It's referenced by investigators on a lot of investigative shows, and even a lot of fictional investigative shows say things that reference that this thing that he has said uh, over and over, which is that. The dead speak through the forensic evidence that's available to the pathologist um, when they discover whatever evidence from the victim that they discover.
1: Yeah. So that's Dr. Michael Botton. He plays a huge role in the uh, show Autopsy. So oh, the one thing I love about the show, though, is how it's narrated. Right? Were you not obsessed with the narrator? The narration of this show is so eloquent it's stellar. so soothing i was just like i could listen to this all day
0: until we started talking about murder i was sure i was watching a presentation from the british
1: museum right until and then, and then there was murder
0: and then i was like oh no wait we're talking about murder stories Ugh. but like i i was expecting a peter thomas and i instead got like a david attenborough it was very mm-hmm on the spectrum of narrators it was very soothing i especially like excellent the
1: description you're welcome it was an excellent <laughs> description of what of what it was i was like i couldn't describe that any better like that's absolutely perfect i really
0: enjoyed the segment on the bog people and like mm. the seg- I, I thought it was going to be sort of like forensic files when i was going back because i hadn't watched it in i don't know years so i went back <laughs> to watch it and was like oh there's there's so many things we're talking about in one episode. Goodness. Yeah. yeah like so you,
1: you do, it is great for you if you were like really interested in forensic pathology and or forensics or, you know, you're really true crime obsessed and you're into those stories. This really is the show for you. I mean, they talk about so much.
0: They're definitely making little wee baby Dr. Boneses out of people with that forensic anthropology shit because they were- all, all about there being uh, stories that need to be told by, you know, bones only or tissues that were long decayed or mummified. There's so much cool stuff from not even just from that story, but also the story we were talking about today, which is- Yeah, with, the,
1: with a forensic botanist. I was like, that's yeah. incredible. I, well,
0: one, I was like a forensic botanist. Of course that exists. A botanist exists. There must be some way that that could influence the legal system. But then I was like, forensic botany. Can you imagine that like, you go on a first date and the person across the table from you is like, so I'm a forensic botanist. Like my head would just explode off the table and I would- Right. Tell me away. everything. Yes. I would just float away in a river of all of my arousal. Same. I would just be so fascinated. So forensic botanists, I'm married. So I guess we're both married. So-
1: a problem, okay. but that, that's problematic. But if we there could were some single... tea or something, I'm sure yes, we can could... platonically <laughs> platonic <laughs> tea. Oh, my God. that would also be a really good band name, platonic tea. Mm-hmm. It makes one wonder, isn't
0: all tea platonic? Why no? No,
1: it's not. No, it isn't.
0: <laughs> okay, so, so, I
1: let's get into like this. Let's talk about Michelle Wallace.
0: Let's talk about her.
1: So this is a super tragic story, and it is incredibly sad. Seventies, the 70s seven, like seventy-four. So Michelle disappeared the summer of nineteen seventy-four in the Colorado Rockies. She was on a trip with her dog Oki, and the two of them were going to take photographs um, of scenery, especially in the, the dog, Rockies. Right? Okay. Yeah, Oki okay.
0: take lots of photos. Oki
1: okay. Oki okay. okay. was managing the tripod yes. and um was holding like shades and stuff up like he was really I could just see
0: Oki's cruising through the mountains like Ansel Adams and <laughs> yeah. poor Michelle's just lugging all the gear behind him like tell yeah. me what your best vantage point is Okie let's go
1: <laughs> that's exactly how that went
0: yeah except for not um, wearing, like silver lithographs out in nature
1: yeah, yeah but he was yeah. a beautiful German shepherd though
0: he was he was gorgeous
1: Um, and the forensic file show made me so sad
0: yes i will get to that there is a note that um if you look this episode up on does the dog die the answer is yes so the morning. dog
1: dies yeah so the one thing i found most fascinating about the forensic or er, the autopsy episode was the one eagleman spruce needle the Once. one could tell where her body was and, and i the found
0: fact that there was only one like one case. it's not Spurs, just that yeah. it was present like more than zero but in fact that there was
1: it was just only, one
0: yeah just so that's
1: one. what i found the most like compelling of all of it and for forensic button like the idea that that's how this case was solved
0: right right exactly
1: so it was, it was just mind blowing um but let's get back into what happened Soraya mellinston was a farmhand and an all-around no good guy.
0: I believe the judge called him a waste of humanity.
1: Yeah, you're you're absolutely the right judge to call him (laughs) a waste of humanity. Because how many women did he kill?
0: So far, he's been tied to three, but he's also suspected in two additional. (sighs) Definitively tied to three murders of women, and there are two other additional cold cases that he is looking good for, but they're still working to connect him
1: and one of the things that was so problematic about this when he was arrested when they found her car in amarillo texas six weeks after she disappeared they found her wallet and id on him and he also had a pawn ticket for a camera and on the camera it was it was clearly michelle's camera like there were pictures of her dog there was pictures of the colorado rockies like an idiot roy took a picture of himself
0: super super smart waste of humanity that
1: he was yeah yeah like just just the absolute worst in humanity and it wasn't his first murder so no that was it the wasn't thing is,
0: anita was before michelle which is really sad because that would mean that like when he it wasn't like he encountered michelle something like terrible misunderstanding or something occurred that sent him on this like weird and wild path or he was going through something or any of those other kinds of ways to create a narrative that makes sense. It was just like this like senseless sort of using and attacking of women one after the other.
1: It's disgusting.
0: Yeah. Until law enforcement caught up with him.
1: Which unfortunately in a lot of those
0: situations is the way it is. Yeah. He wasn't even smart. Like the other thing that really kills me about this case is that he was lucky for lack of a better word, and I I hate it when uh, awful evil wastes of humanity get
1: lucky. Yeah. No. Exactly. Um. It just seems so like cosmically unfair.
0: Yeah. So then, what happens after? So he has her car, which was recovered in
1: Amarillo, Texas. Yeah. Six weeks after she so disappeared, he has a thousand her ID. miles away. He right. has her ID. They find the camera. They get. They the find picture. the camera. But there, you know, no body, no crime. There was not enough evidence to connect him to her disappearance, even though he was the last one seen with her.
0: And then five years later is when they find the braids.
1: They found the braids and the braids were found on an old logging trail. And when we talk about where they found braids, it was a massive hair with two long pigtails essentially attached to it. Um, And if you look at any picture of Michelle Wallace from the time, that's the most notable feature are is her hair. Right. And the braids that she was wearing are exactly what they found. Um, and then within the hair is where they found the one Engelman spruce needle, which was able to determine that she was her body was 9,000 feet above sea level and that it was on a north moist facing slope.
0: Right. So a northern slope, because there had to have been enough moisture for that kind of pine or spruce tree. And then there were also other needles from other pines. So they kind of had an idea of like, what the composition of the sort of statistical composition of the plant life in the area would have been. Yeah. So and
1: then they were able to narrow the search grid down like dramatically. And from that The rest of her remains, or what remains were found, uh, I wouldn't say the rest because she wasn't found intact, but what remains that they were able to find was only located a mile from the initial search guide. So she was, (sighs) they were so close.
0: Oh, they're so close. And they had such like, they were able to piece together so much of this case. I really liked how autopsy focused on the forensic anthropology pieces uh-huh. um, and the forensic botany and sort of the the focus on just that piece of evidence was really interesting. I thought that was really, really, really cool. And this, but this braid of hair wasn't attended to, well, it was attended to, but it wasn't analyzed as thoroughly because they didn't connect it to Michelle right away, right?
1: Yeah, They no, they didn't. It was... Uh years later i mean it was around 15 years later when um detective kathy young from the gunnison police department sort of like picked this up as a cold case and went back in and re-examined some of the evidence and that's when she like looked like that's when she was looking at the braid and yeah she was the really I the she was really the one that the driving force that put those aspects together And was able to get like the forensic botany, uh, botanist uh, um, results the way she did. So it was really all her. Yeah.
0: I mean, she really like knocked it out of the park. It was, they said in in, uh, forensic files, they said that she found in a box of unlabeled evidence that Mm -hmm. had been overlooked, they found a hairbrush belonging to Michelle that they were able to match DNA From a root on one of those hairs to the obvious human material, like tissue that was on the hair of the braids, because it wasn't just the braids themselves. It's obviously there was scalp tissue and like tissue involved, which I hate that we use the word tissue, but there's no better word for it that I can think of. So I was like, ew, but yeah so they matched the they did a dna test on the tissues and matched them to each other so they knew it was michelle right and after that they were like oh okay so if we can find that this is according to this then we put this together with our botanists findings and we find a team of fantastic volunteers who
1: are willing to go help us find this yeah the necrosearch team um yeah I was on their website and I like, they look really cool. The NecroSearch
0: people are interdisciplinary, Mm -hmm. many of them scientists of different disciplines, obviously interdisciplinary or multidisciplinary. And then they're all volunteers. So they don't get to do this, but they're passionate about finding clandestine graves and helping investigators and those families find out what happened. And they've been doing this, I think since 1988. Which is just nuts to me. That's
1: so cool. It is. It's a really cool program and like entity.
0: And you think about some of the technology in 1988 and you like, they have evolved through 30 years of technology changing. And I just doing something like this and watching those tools that you have available to evolve, like
1: evolve, over that much time, I think is super cool. And with like such an express distinct purpose of helping other people.
0: Yeah, the whole point is to make sure that people whose bodies are uh, missing are found. Uh I think that's neat. And clandestine graves is such a cool way to describe what you do. What do we do? Well, I go out on weekends and I look for clandestine graves. Oh, when I was a kid, I didn't know what clandestine meant, Uh, but I read a lot of books that had the word in it. And instead of going and looking up the dictionary, I just decided what it meant for myself.
1: I used to do that,
0: right? Completely based on how the word sounds to me, and it always sounded like it was predestined, or like it always sounded like prophetic. So I always was like clandestine, like meant to be, and I was like, no, that's that's destined, that's predestined, clandestine. That. I can't mean that and like I always got tripped up on clandestine it wasn't until somewhere in my 30s that I was like no it means hidden secret <laughs> stupid Your thirties. <30s>?
1: yes <laughs> I'm slow to change <laughs> <laughs> you are one of the most well-spoken people I know who like I literally could just listen to you talk like you reading anything for me would be like it and you're like, I didn't know what clandestine meant. Thirty-seven. So I'm,
0: like, <laughs> I'm not thirty-seven at all yet, which is interesting. I know you're almost. But I didn't. Right? I am. Oh, it's 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 great. Actually, I found like, I think I found my first gray hair, but it's in the shaved
1: part of my head. Oh, so,
0: so I was count. like, is this little baby gray? Is that a little baby gray back
1: there? And it's <laughs> so I like, for like six of mine.
0: Stacy was like, hey, uh, I think so, and I was like, is that? Is it, is it gray right there? And she was like, yeah, I think that's gray. And I was like, that's so exciting. She was like, you are a crazy person. But we'll see. It only gets more fun with age, though. So. That's, I'm saying age is like very weird whiskey. <laughs> very weird whiskey. <laughs> I was going to say fine wine, but nothing about
1: me. Not, like a fine yeah. wine. Yeah, it's cool. Except for that I cause migraines and heartburn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> i've like gotten past that no one is ever going to describe me as her smile lit up a room we know (laughs) that we know i'm never gonna get murdered because that's why no one's ever going to sit her smile just lit up a room no one's gonna sit and say that
0: (laughs) peter thomas is never gonna say that i was bright and joyful and full of promise nope (laughs) No, then there's no murder show that covers victims who are like, she was dark, cynical, and mostly an asshole. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's that's what we should do. We should make that show. Uh, that's... <laughs> I'm like, no, it's cool. You can say that you hated the bitch. It's fine. Like she thought <laughs> she died, but like really, she was a bitch. Like, yeah, she wasn't well liked. Yeah.
0: Well, was she was she a light or a joy? Nope. None of those nope. things. <laughs> Uh, was she? Did she have a lot of potential? Mm -mm. No, none of that either.
1: I would like to be described as as being a little ray of pitch black. (laughs) (laughs) She was a deep, dark
0: hole of mostly narcissism and rage,
1: (laughs) and it was Uh, all that short, merciful. I'm gonna have so much to talk about in therapy this week.
0: Oh, uh, ding ding! <laughs> Meta-therapist, ding ding. No, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It'll be good. It's fine. It's good. This is fine. Okay, so uh, yeah, that's necrosearch found. So they eventually did find where Michelle's last resting place was. Yeah. Tell me about what they said on autopsy about that,
1: which pretty much looked like she had just been thrown out of a car and left on top of the surface because they could tell based on how pristine the hair was that it was obviously not buried because there wasn't a ton of debris and it um, just rested on top of the surface and that was that. I mean, they recovered a piece piece of her clothing um two pieces of her clothing uh part of a shoe and part of her jeans and it was where the zipper was of the jeans and you could tell that the jeans had just been like pulled apart like violently yeah so also we're able to use that as evidence um for convicting uh melanson because melanson convicting melanson because you were able to paint an accurate picture of what happened that day she thought she'd be nice and give somebody a ride
0: yeah that's
1: yeah it was a different time though the 70s everybody like hitchhiked and like you could give rides to strangers and it was just a different time and nobody like do not hitchhike do not do that stuff.
0: do not i would argue that Hitchhiking and picking up hitchhikers was just as dangerous. People just didn't know it was that dangerous. Yep. But yeah, there were no no stories yet for people to be like, ooh, yeah, like that girl I heard about on the news. Yeah. Well that was uh that was a whole bunch for autopsy to cover and it's like 10 to 15 minute segment.
1: It was. It really was. Um I think they did a really good job overall describing the evidence and painting a picture that was not only accurate but uh before i don't know the fuck i'm going they did a good job (laughs) it was good it's good it's real good they did a good job it's good tv it was compelling tv
0: it was compelling television i will say that i watched it and i was like Oh, the Michelle Wallace case. Why have I heard that somewhere before? Probably because I've watched every episode of Forensic Files. And also because I think they covered it on a My Favorite Murder episode as well. So there was like a lot of, I had a lot of like ding, ding, ding from all different directions that all came into my brain and were like, you've heard of this case. So it's very cool.
1: I guess overall autopsy is just one of those shows that if you're really interested in the forensic sciences, And you are comfortable with seeing very, very gruesome images. Have at it. I mean, it's a really good show. You'll learn a lot. They don't just cover murders and deaths a lot of times. It's just how forensic science is being used all over the place. But at the same time, this is when forensic science was brand new. So the technology that they're using is currently outdated but it was amazing to see what they were able to do with what they had and if you're any fan of like csi and you know where the future forensic science went um, based on that show they did a pretty good job of uh, accurately depicting the science
0: that's true and the show was really fun easily access- accessible on hbo max they just went on there searched autopsy and clicked on episode one and went to town Mm -hmm. Um, and I watched a few episodes and it's what I really like about it is all of the variety it covers that is all focused essentially on forensic anthropology and forensic sciences but mostly on the things that forensic pathologists and forensic anthropologists uncover a little bit different from forensic files which we will talk about next
1: talk about next after after these messages today's show is brought to you by well um No one yet. It's just us. Say hi, Chelsea. Hey. But we would really like some ads for something. So like us on Apple Podcasts and do the things where you review or like and share. Subscribe. Subscribe. You know, the things that you do when you like subscribe stuff.
0: Review, rate, subscribe. All the whatevers. Do them all. Do all the things. Push all the buttons.
1: Push all the buttons. The big red shiny one. (laughs) All right, so
0: we're going to talk about Forensic Files. Whoops. I do. So Forensic Files is a prolific television show. I'm going to tell you a little bit about the show. So excited. Do A little it. bit about the episode I watched. And then we're going to talk about NecroSearch a little bit. And then we'll wrap up and see how we're all feeling. So it'll be pretty groovy. Thing the first. Forensic Files. It's a show. It's not always called forensic files no indeed not it was first aired on television as medical detectives which is how i saw it i believe it was on true tv
1: true tv
0: it's what court tv became gotcha so it was first on there and then it was called medical detectives and it had like that's why they have everything that's like they talk about Disasters, they talk about mass poisonings, they talk about murders, they talk about all these kinds of things. Because if it was just forensics and murder, it would just be husbands poisoning their wives for life insurance. And that would be boring. So there's a lot of that, but there's also a bunch of other things where the person that's suspected is innocent, like the episode where uh, the gentleman is accused of burning down his family's home uh, in order to kill his grandparents. And his grandparents did, in fact, die in the fire he did in fact inherit their money, but then he also went to jail for over a year because they were trying to figure out if he meant to kill his grandparents or not, which is awful. Turns out no, and it took forensics to do it. So what it ends up essentially focusing on is forensic science, um, which is really cool, um, but medical detectives no longer fit it. And after it was moved from one network to another, it got a name change because I believe it was TLC? TLC? That uh, ended up putting it on the air next to other kinds of forensic-y shows. Um, so <laughs> that's where have... I
1: think I remember seeing it is from TLC.
0: I believe so. So they have changed hands a few times and I'm all confused about who owns what and when now. I know FilmRise is the production company who makes them. There's 406 episodes. When Netflix got a collection of them, they put them into a nine collection series. I don't think it's all 406 of them and they are in wackadoo order. So they're in nowhere uh, also, near the original broadcast order.
1: I watched it on Tubi. Um, and t- don't laugh at me.
0: I will. Laugh I at watched you. it Dan on well, Tubi. Please.
1: I am proud. <laughs> I'm, I'm a proud Tubi user. I mean, it's free, so whatever. Sure. And I watched the episode, so it was good.
0: I think there's also like a best of Forensic Files where they take several episodes or they take the specials and link them to episodes. And there's like a whole, they were all repackaged at some point. Anyway, they added a bunch of new like intro flashy stuff of like people looking at test tubes and a double helix goes (laughs) floating by in the background. You know,
1: science things.
0: Yeah, they're like science stuff. And they add that in.
1: That's how I science. I look at test tubes and I wait for double helixes to fly by. I just put
0: goggles down over my face. That's good. Great shot. That's That's it. Just do, 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 do. And they added a new theme song. And so, yeah. So what's fun about this is that I look at that intro and I'm like, that is shenanigans. But when (coughs) the producers of CSI looked at that show, they were like, we should do something like that. So like all of that, like montage of science, girl, they did. They just took that montage of science and made it into an entire show with pretty people in it. I know. I watched. Wild. All three seasons. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> all of the all of the shows. All of them. How many CSI editions are there? There Seven? were three.
1: Fourteen? Sh- 75? There were three. There were there three. three. David Caruso, Gary Sinise, and well, me, and then at some point, Ted Dancing, because that's who ended up taking over uh, Vegas.
0: Okay, so there's CSI Las Vegas, CSI mm-hmm. Los Angeles, CSI CS- Chicago,
1: no. CSI New York, CSI New York, and CSI, CSI Miami, Miami.
0: Okay, with David CSI- Caruso you keep saying david caruso like i know who I thought, that is
1: oh my gosh how do you not know who david caruso is <laughs> <'Cause laughs> he's a he legendary <laughs> he's legendary
0: he's he legendary could, status he, he could walk by me on the street and i'd be like oh that guy just looks like a regular guy
1: <laughs> uh, no i mean okay so like if you watched any of csi in miami you know that he like took his glasses off that one time put it in his mouth and that's what he did, like, on all of the show. Like, oh, every episode. he takes episode. his glasses
0: off and puts one of the temples Arms in his mouth?
1: in his mouth, yeah. And, like, just, or, like, up to his face to think.
0: I will tell you that as a former optician, the idea, not optician, oh, I'm so sorry. Who, optician's assistant. I never got a license as an optician. No, <laughs> no, no. I was no. like, dang, girl, like. As a former <laughs> person who fitted many eyeglasses, chewed on temples, <laughs> I would have to wash my hands so many times after touching those who people your glasses please clean them they get nasty on your face stop it do not make your eye care professionals touch your nasty glasses end of soapbox
1: okay that's cool I um chew
0: on them as much as you want I don't care I don't actually chew on my glasses
1: that would be weird and
0: my glasses are for (laughs) my face not for chewing why chew on glasses when there's so many crayons in the
1: world (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) Okay. I mean, whatever. So- I'm constantly sticking my own foot in my mouth. Like <laughs> angles to eat, girl. I got I'm busy. Cankles, maybe. Oh, that's true
0: though. I, just have a- I have a cylinder with a little yeah. triangle on the bottom of them. <laughs> that's what I walk around on. These are my little Dorito feet. <laughs> they are. It's like a if you stick a Dorito underneath a Coke can, like that's. That's how my feet look. <laughs> Isn't
1: that how everybody's feet look? I mean, really? Kind of?
0: No? I'm, I mean, to me, Soda. but... I'm a hateful bitch, so who cares? <laughs> you're not a hateful bitch. You're That's just... true. I don't actually... I hear you're them. not hateful. <laughs> I'd have to care a lot for that. Yeah, you're not... So, hateful. Forensic Files. So, on air, there were 14 seasons. And some seasons oh, wow. had, like... 40 episodes
1: that's crazy how do you have a 40 episode season like what that seems excessive
0: when it became forensic files they doubled the the episode count for the season so yeah so it started out in
1: i mean there's only 52 weeks in a
0: year like like how do you what what are you even doing (laughs) a weekly episode basically with one like what winter break come on come on uh, so yeah, they did um, move them to Netflix. They are there. They're just wildly out
1: of order. Tubi has them all in order.
0: Oh, well, Tubi's better. So there, it's conceded. <laughs> are you done? No, I don't know why.
1: <laughs> like, I'm just supportive of Tubi all of a sudden. Yeah, it's fine. Maybe, if that's, that's a hill to maybe die on. Maybe it'll be a sponsor. I don't know. It isn't it's the true. hill I want to die on? Tubi, call us. It'll be fine. The hill I want to die on is gl- Never no, mind i was like i was gonna give an outlander reference i was like it's
0: that is two episodes now with an outlander reference are we gonna shoot for three yes oh yes
1: i am (laughs) i'm going to reference outlander every single episode it's just what it's gonna be what happens when we do an outlander episode oh my god and then we're gonna get somebody from the show on Fingers we, crossed! I'm knocking on all of the wood right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if we do, if we do an Outlander episode, I if, promise to not watch Outlander beforehand <gasps> so I can be completely uneducated when I'm saying my opinions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> need to watch Outlander. It's so good. Okay,
0: maybe I'll watch Outlander, but only if you watch it with me. Okay. Okay.
1: Deal. Okay, so. Like, I will sit and we'll hold your hand through it and be like, it's so good. I'm crying. You're like, It's nothing. Like, I don't understand why you're this attached.
0: I'm pretty sure I'm going to be like, don't fucking touch me. I'm
1: watching. <laughs> <Don't> out. <Outlander." fucking laughs> touch- <sighs> you're going to fall in love with Jamie Frazier like everybody else does.
0: I don't. I'm not going to argue with you because I don't know, but I don't think so. <laughs> I have nothing but negative feelings about this.
1: You should have positive feelings. It's going to be a really great experience. It's going to be really good for us bonding wise. It's going to be great. Okay. <laughs> no, but seriously, great. All right. You were saying that. Look, you, 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 what were you talking I
0: don't about? know. Some shit's on Netflix now and it's great. Um, so Outlander's I- on Netflix too. <laughs> Speaking of Netflix, you know what else is on Netflix? Outlander, Outlander. everybody. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh. So, there was a very exciting Forensic Files 2 reboot deal signed in 2019. Ooh. No idea how coronavirus threw a wrench into that situation, but according to Wikipedia, that happened. So,. I'll probably look up where I can find that. I assume it's going to happen on television first and I don't have cable, so I'll figure out. I mean, I guess Tubi's an option, right? <laughs> yeah, Tubi is a great option.
1: They have so many things you can watch. Um, I don't have <laughs> including cable. Outlander. Including, no, not, not Outlander. <laughs> That's a Netflix and Starz Oh stars Tubi, situation. get fucked.
0: So sorry. <laughs>
1: because they don't have Outlander.
0: So, I watched episode 142, nor Co- No Corpus Delicti. Punch me in the face with that title. What are you talking about? Okay, so I know they're trying to say that they never found a body, but they did, in fact, find a body. So, fuck you. And also... Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. <laughs> they're like, their, t- their episode titles are the worst. They're so, like, womp womp, dad came in. Like, it's so much like you're father stopped grilling for a second to make a pun about a crime that is truly atrocious which far be it from me to judge anyone for laughing at the terrible but it just does not there's no single episode of uh forensic files where the episode title actually tells you anything about the episode itself or says something productive or useful or is even reasonably entertaining. So whatever about the title, no corpus delicti, huh. which is playing on a legal term. I'm not going to pretend to know it because I watched a lot of How to Get Away with Murder. That did not in fact help me know anything about the legal system. How to system. Get Away with murder.
1: It, didn't,
0: <laughs> I mean, it didn't actually deal that much with the legal term. Like,
1: I sat down with my notebook and I was like, this is going to be great. I'm going
0: to learn a lot. I'm going to be a defense attorney. She said it. That's what I'm doing. Vi- Viola Davis told me this is how I'm going to become a defense attorney. And then I. Are you kidding? I was just trying like, to figure out how to get away with murder. Slowly started to drool and dropped my pencil. <laughs> I was like, this is just a. Oh, wait. Did I slip and fall into a bunch of sex and violence?
1: <gasps>
0: oh, yeah, you did. You did. I did. I did. And it was and, gorgeous and, and beautiful. Then, and, and, then, and then it exploded. And also, I'm sorry, but. That We'll have to cover this on a different episode because Famke's in it. The woman who played Jean Grey. Oh, yeah,
1: no, I know. Who
0: I just talk about as if I'm on a first-name basis with her because I find yeah, her so no, beautiful. Yeah, and she's beautiful. Yeah, so uh, Viola Davis and Famke have beautifully romantic and sexual moments, which makes everything in my life better. The end. Uh, I watched the entire, I think like, they last dirty two on, uh, I think they did her dirty on Tuck. Was she on Nip Mm-hmm fucking reason to watch nip tuck they did her dirty what seasons can you tell me which episode she was on and i'll skip to those
1: uh she i'd have to go back and look i'll like email you later and tell you
0: fantastic because you know what'll happen is i'll become a plastic surgeon
1: oh yeah no you don't want <laughs> not from those guys no <laughs> no no, no
0: that's how we know you everyone. will we really like do you'll really
1: do. like liz uh their uh, anesthesiologist
0: oh we do love an anesthesiologist yeah. i'm sorry i'm now i'm thinking about benjamin warren Grey's Anatomy. yeah <laughs> yeah so exactly. the anesthesiologist who becomes a surgeon who then becomes a fireman
1: i mean we can't sometimes what hell he you wants. have to wear multiple hats sometimes you go to school to be one doctor and then you're like you know what? I'm going to be a surgeon. You know, I just I mean, don't think do this it. is
0: risky enough. I think I need to do something even riskier.
1: Yeah. And then I I can't put my hands in people's bodies anymore. Let's okay. go race into fires.
0: So moving back to boring old forensic files and the not boring <laughs> story of Michelle Wallace. Uh, <laughs> so like Lisa was saying from autopsy, she goes 1974, goes on a trip, photography she has like a photography thing she's very excited she goes to the rockies she's like i'm gonna go take pictures her family is not concerned they're like she knows how to take care of herself it's no big deal she'll be fine she's 25 she's got this she has Oki with her everything's great however uh she gives a guy a ride so she gives two guys a ride really because she picks up a farmhand and roy melanson his friend and they are gonna go and the friend, the guy, the, the farmhand guy thinks that they're going to go to the bar. So he's like, hey, drop me off at this bar. And Roy goes, oh, could you just take me a little further so I can get my truck? Premeditated. He knew he was going to attack her. He had every intention of attacking her and stealing her car.
1: Whew,
0: he's awful. So, yes, he is. The last, so the other dude gets out the car, Roy Mellinson. Drives along with her. She's never seen again. Uh, So never seen again, meaning that somewhere between that bar and his truck, which I don't believe exists, he attacked her, potentially assaulted her, uh, and then threw her out of the car and off the side of the mountain. Uh, Horrible thing to have happened to anybody. So um, her body was found a long while later. Mostly due to the fact that a forensic botanist found a series of plant matter in her hair and the hair was matched to her because this amazing detective, Kathy Young, who in forensic files was quoted as being Kathy Ireland. So perhaps had gotten married since then between the autopsy filming and the forensic files filming because they have different names for her They never refer to her as Kathy Young. They only refer to her as Kathy Ireland, which I found interesting.
1: interesting, The one thing I did find interesting is both shows. They only ever used her name, but I feel like if they were talking about a man, they would have used his position. They never
0: say detective Kathy, because I don't know that she was a detective. I think she was an investigator. Okay. And so investigators are a different thing.
1: Yeah, because I just thought it was really like, because I was like, I wonder if they would have used his title.
0: So what's cool about this, what I think is fascinating is so at state, county and local levels, they have different levels of law enforcement and investigators. So she was a part of law enforcement, but she became an investigator. And I think she became an investigator at the DA's office. So she didn't work for... Like she was in fact a, I think one of the state troopers previously, but I like, don't quote me on that. Cause Lord knows I don't pay attention to those kinds of details
1: <laughs> but
0: afterwards. You know, not important. Right. <laughs> Whatever. So, but forensic files calls her an investigator. So she was the lead investigator at this particular office, but she was an investigator at the time. So she had been like hired as an investigator and was like ready to earn her chops. So that's why she was looking for cold cases in the area or, um, things that she could sort of dig into and see if she could get a good couple of not like, not doing like the, the mediocre white man move of being like, I need a couple of quick wins, but looking for good wins, like going to find some, some really high impact wins. And of course, finding a missing woman is, is a pretty high impact win. I feel like.
1: Yeah. And she was also like, wasn't she from the area? So I think she had pre-knowledge of, of the case.
0: I think she basically had some personal connections to the area. Yeah. Yeah. Either from living there or just um, for probably a multitude of reasons decided that this, this was a case to, to bring up. Uh, So, you know, the idea that a 25 year old woman gave a dude a ride and was never seen again, like dude, stop it. Stop. Just stop doing things to women who do nice things for you. Um, So the, the forensic files made a pretty big deal about this box of evidence that included the hairbrush being overlooked, which autopsy didn't. They like scooped over that and was like, she found a box that
1: didn't have a name written on it or that wasn't labeled or wasn't marked. I think that's one of the problems with autopsy is that you only get a snippet of the story.
0: What's interesting about forensic files is usually my problem with them is that they tend to have a very pro-prosecution, pro-law enforcement slant such that the evidence they present really pushes for the the suspect who is arrested for being guilty, which is not always true. Like when they, like the episode on the staircase, for example, like they really show the evidence in a way that you're like, well, duh, this person uh, obviously did it. But when you, and the prosecution agrees, but like when you look at some of the other Documentaries and things that are made about it, they leave out a fair amount of evidence that could inspire doubt. Um, they also talk about law enforcement in this way that feels like it's law enforcement good, criminal bad, which is not always the case. So, like, my I think a lot of
1: documentaries do that. Yeah. And I think a lot of productions do that, um, especially ones of that time, too.
0: Yeah. And um,
1: the 90s I think, are pretty
0: pro law enforcement.
1: Yeah. Um, I also feel that with true crime, you kind of have to consume a lot of it because there's so many different points of view and every production company that puts whatever out is going to want to put their own spin on it or introduce new evidence or withhold evidence so that their new evidence makes more sense.
0: I found it really interesting. And they
1: they they can.
0: Yeah. Like. I, in this case, law, like Forensic Files was pretty clear about calling out previous law enforcement for not labeling the box, for overlooking the evidence. Like, they really were like, it was overlooked. Like, Peter Thomas was very dramatic about how overlooked this evidence was, where autopsy was like... And there was just sort of an unmarked box. And she was like, ooh, what's in this? Like, it was, like, she accidentally found her Christmas presents.
1: Like I said, it's what you sort of get for trying to tell, like, an hour-long story in a 15 minutes. <laughs> like, you're like, no, like, I don't know that. what to do with this. <laughs> I don't know what to do with this part. And then she found a box. Oh, that's great. Just call it unmarked. Great, perfect, unmarked excellent. Done. box.
0: Let's not do anything. You think the boxes. box actually had written unmarked on it? Right, that was it, yeah, in black marker. That was what it looked like in the reenactment shot, what there was like a file box from the bank, was, like one of those brown banker's boxes, and on the side it just was like, unknown. <laughs> <laughs> the other <Spaghetti>. thing I... Spaghetti. <laughs> Assorted doodads. knick <laughs> <laughs> zatchkas. Or, as some people say, tchotchkes. Uh, I had been informed by my wife, Samly, that the proper pronunciation of tchotchke is zatchka. But what do I know? I'm, I'm in no way a native Yiddish speaker. So I don't know. I just listen to the experts. Um, so that's a good call, listening to experts. <laughs> I just listen to the people who speak the language, you know, whatever. Um, so that was, I think that part was. It was really interesting to see sort of the the standing viewpoint of each show and i was a little shocked that forensic files was willing to cast that doubt on law enforcement where autopsy was not even though autopsy seems like it's sort of a much more like hard science we're just here to talk about the facts and uh forensic files does have a fair amount of like pushing the general public to believe in law enforcement and believe in forensic science um pretty significantly so they talk about that they talk about the hairbrush they talk about dna matching which is cool um you know it just might have been cool to know that there was just a hairbrush there with all of her genetic material on it
1: might have been cool just chilling in a box whatever and then for somebody to look in a box one day uh
0: so the necrosearch people get brought in Uh uh-huh because they find the hair, they find all the plant material, they figure out a part of the mountain that it could be on. That part of the mountain happens to be very close to where she disappeared, just down the mountain from it. They deploy all of these NecroSearch volunteers who do a grid search. Now, grid searching, the way that NecroSearch does it is they they grid out square meters and then they literally crawl on hands and knees along the forest floor and feel and look and examine for any abnormalities at all. So they're looking for uh, obviously bones and skeletons, but also for disturbed earth, any sort of animal activity, anything that might lead them in a direction, marks or broken twigs or like uh, gashes in trees, bullet holes, any of those sorts of things that might give them story pieces. And they literally move grid by grid, like meter by meter in this fashion, which I think is just painstaking and cool.
1: I think it is as well. Um, the idea that this is a completely volunteer program and to go out and invest so much of your own self. Why are you laughing at I'm laughing because next time we go out and get drunk in the woods,
0: we should just crawl around and say that we're NecroSearch when we can't find the bathroom. No, guys, we're NecroSearch. <laughs> we're, here. we're
1: here.
0: The ranger shows up. Excuse me, ma'am. ma'am. I'm NecroSearch.
1: Ma'am. ma'am. You know what you're doing. What?
0: I'm looking for my bottle of bourbon, officer. That's what I'm doing.
1: <laughs> Captain Morgan! <laughs>
0: oh that's I love yeah. the
1: captain
0: i'm like i also have crawled around on forest floors meter by meter but it was in no way for such a noble purpose as looking for clandestine grace
1: yeah it is and it really is a noble thing that they do and it's i incredible. to have a ton of respect for everybody affiliated with that program okay so the person who found the skull i'm gonna get to the skull moment
0: so Forensic files made this really big deal about like the person who found the skull being on a bathroom break. They were like and then the team's geologist went and had to uh what was it to relieve themselves or there was some sort of heard the call of nature. It was some like really ridiculous Yeah, really? heard <laughs> the call of nature. <laughs> like some some crap your dad might say to you and like nature's calling yeah and she had to go in so she heads off and then in the middle of this whatever using the restroom whatever it was sees a glint off of something down the down the ravine and calls to the team and it's like hey so i'm wondering like Did we have to say the bathroom reference? Because now all I'm seeing is this poor woman who's a geologist, squatting in nature, trying not to pee in her hiking boots, looks down and goes, what's that shiny thing? And then the whole team comes over while she's sitting there trying to not pee in her boots.
1: (laughs) That's exactly what happened. That seems really accurate. I mean, that's how I, I like, like, not to mention to be forever known as I was paying and then I saw it. I went and peed in the woods. And I, then I saw it. I saw a glint off a gold tooth. Like <laughs> all of this. Nobody expertise. wants to tell that story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, all of our experts are gathered. We're combing the forest floor with our on our hands and knees. And then all it took was me taking a pee break. And like sitting there thinking while I'm peeing. And just sort of enjoying nature. And then I see a glint Shut off something. <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> So I didn't like that they made a huge point of that like autopsy didn't say anything about that they were like and then sure enough one team but both programs had I think almost the exact same footage of reenactment footage that they created where there's like a plastic skull on the ground with some very like weirdly applied gold leaf on one of the teeth <laughs> I know so it's like,
1: like a lot of times just it's all like reenactment wrinkles. footage is so hilarious sometimes it looks
0: like the kind of gold leaf you put on food where it's like so thin that it just like folded on itself and i'm like you know gold teeth aren't textured
1: (laughs) no they are no no
0: and they they don't really dissolve in the rain because gold i'm not a scientist i'm not a chemist i don't know but also (laughs) i'm pretty sure that gold teeth survive us so like this skull is there and they didn't just like it would have been better if they just painted one of the teeth but they didn't. They tried to apply gold leaf, which was a very, like, you know, I'm sure they thought they were galaxy-braining at the time, but I was like, that's not what that was. <laughs> what did you do?
1: Um, so, <laughs> no, I got this great idea. We'll get some gold leaf. We'll get a skull. It's gonna be great. I've totally and, done like, this
0: before. Don't worry about this it. before.
1: I've done this before.
0: <laughs> I, was, I did this before when I was a PA on a pirate film. Yeah. It's gonna uh, be great. But, you know, just a reminder, this is the 90s. Um. So, they did that and that was and i think they used nearly the same footage like the the skull footage with the shaky camera and the weird sort of gray or sepria filter on it where it was like a little blown out and there's not very much color in it i don't know they drain the saturation that's, or whatever
1: that's how you know that it's things old. have been found and it is old it's old that's how you know it's old. Um, the one thing I will mention, though, is uh, the pictures, the stills that they used in both forensic files and autopsy were Michelle Wallace's. Yes, those were the those those stills were images that were recovered from the camera.
0: Yes, yep, and those were um, images of her. Usually, there was also some images from previous things it looked like because there was not just images of her but there was beautiful images of the mountains and of the forests along the rockies mm. and she would clearly had a great time until roy melanson got in her car um and there's pictures of Oki, so i'm going to take a brief second talk about the dog because he was very cute and they only talked about him really in forensic files they didn't talk about him much at all in autopsy so they did find that Oki when they were doing their investigation, Oki was found at a nearby ranch by the rancher. So the rancher was like, hey, this dog showed up. Um, Or I found this dog. And he found the dog with, and like he finds the dog. So the dog is not alive, unfortunately. And he finds the dog and the dog's collar says Oki on the tag. So he reports it to law enforcement. They were like, oh yeah, this rancher found this dog on his property. Uh, It's Oki. And that's how the the investigators clued in and the family were like, ding, ding, Michelle's not alive anymore because if she was alive, Oki would be with her and he was found um, more than a mile away from her. So Oki, it seems like took off after the event that killed Michelle Wallace where Roy Melanson killed her um, and left to go either alert somebody or try and find help or bring somebody back or just left because he didn't know what else to do because he's a dog. But anyway, the family was very clear at that moment that uh, Michelle was no longer alive because if she was alive, Oki would be with her. So I thought that was both a very sweet note because dogs are very loyal creatures that we don't deserve and also really sad because that meant that the dog didn't know what to do and just ran in a direction. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty awful. It doesn't look like Roy killed Oki, though. No. So Roy killed Michelle, but Oki got away. Um, so, or he dropped Oki off somewhere and kept driving with Michelle or whatever. But point being, um, they were separated at some point and point. Uh, so that was something that in Forensic Files was sort of a turning point in the investigation that was important. Um, because they were talking about the gathering of evidence. And so that their focus on all the evidence allowed you to sort of piece together that something had happened to Michelle and that it had been foul play. She wasn't just like lost and hurt herself or any of the number of things that fall climbers and hikers every year when they go out into the woods. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is why our uh, our wonderful uh, people, at my favorite murder always tell us to stay out of the forest.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I don't camp. No, I don't believe it. There are bears.
0: I just came back from camping. What am I fucking talking about? I love camping. But uh, people say Mm -hmm. stay out of the forest, and I say, you know what? I'm gonna go to the forest. So one time I went to the forest to
1: go look at stars.
0: That sounds...
1: That sounds really romantic. That sounds like a beautiful experience. It was super dumb. No.
0: Yeah. Just nope. You there was a lot of things that made it epically more dumb one wanted to go see a, a right. meteor shower so i went on a, to go find a meteor shower woot. right woot meteors which meant that i looked for a new moon which meant that it was ultra dark
1: uh so that would raise my first red flag right there
0: yep And then Um, went out to first red flag. First red flag. Yep, yep, yep. Got to go find a road where people don't drive on it that often, so the headlights don't disturb you. Mm -hmm. So find somewhere fairly desolate, deserted, not many people around. Also, super dark in the woods.
1: So all you're describing is more nope for me. Right,
0: right, yeah. So we went and we were like, just more nope. Right. Yes, all nope that that was what we came to when we got there because we got there we got out of the car we put down our blanket we were like this is gonna be so romantic and within moments we were like this is how horror movies start we should get back in the car and go home yeah and that's what we that's did all- well that was very smart of you um we, wait- we saw two meteors and then we left we were like yeah. oh, look, a meteor let's go home <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's how I would have felt. I would have never gotten out of the car. I would have known that was a bad idea. Bigfoot would have become running, bounding towards me, and would not have been offering me beef jerky. So I,
0: I had a flashlight in my lap, and every time I heard a noise, I was like, flash,
1: flash! <laughs> bigfoot. Yeah,
0: He's I was waiting for
1: funny. eyes to be looking back at me. Eye shine. That's right. the most terrifying. <gasps> I would have been terrified.
0: Yeah. So next time I go, uh, anything next time, like I'm going to do it again. That's, that's my learning curve. Ladies and gentlemen, I have a headlamp now.
1: That's fantastic. I'm glad you have a headlamp. You can stay in the woods with your headlamp. I'm going to go, I'm
0: going to go walk around in my backyard with my headlamp
1: on because I'm never going back to the forest. That's cool. We can do that. I'm for you and your headlamp. I'll put one on too. We'll have cocktails. It'll be beautiful. We'll put them all on the red light settings so we can be extra dark. <laughs> Mood lighting. It'll be really romantic. Yes. We'll invite p- other people to come hang out.
0: What are we doing? Drinking cocktails or developing photos? We can't tell.
1: <laughs> yeah. Does it matter? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Does, it never matters. So, uh, That's all the time we have today for Forensic Files and Autopsy. Uh, please like, subscribe, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. And also, you can
0: follow us on Instagram at at I Watch a Lot of Podcast. You can't watch podcasts, but you can definitely like us on Instagram.
1: Yeah, and you can also visit our website. Come say hi. We like it. Where Where is our website? Or our website's at iwatchalotof.com. dot com. W W W W Yeah. Die. That's I, I watched watch a, lot a lot of I <laughs> Hope you'll join us next time. Thanks for listening. Bye! Bye.